And apparently, <laughs> apparently, they've wasted time listening to this show enough for it to chart on their Spotify end of year. Oh, oh, oh we ended no, up on people's uh, Spotify wrapped, and I have no I know. idea how. But uh, seriously, to everyone who's been in touch with us before this recording to you. say, you guys are my most listened to thing on Spotify rap this year. Thanks. That's awesome. Thank uh, you very much. I'm going to see what my most listened thing on Spotify rap is right now as we speak. I've not actually looked mine up, but I know what it's going to be. Ah, it's making sounds. No, copyright sounds. Uh, I better know what, what mine is. Do you, do you think you know what yours is? Uh, Podcast wise. Yeah. Uh. You're wrong about it, it'll be. Probably. Probs, fam. Um, okay, my rap is here. I... 200, 249... What? I discovered 249 new artists this year. I'm not sure how it measures that. Yeah, I guess um, it's just like plays that you've not done in previous years. I discovered 133 new artists this year. I listened to 234 genres, including 103 new ones. What? Yeah, 135 new genres for me, 82 new ones. My top what were your genre, top genres? Uh, from 5 to 1, pop punk, soundtrack, new metal, metal and rock. Oh, from 5 to 1, soundtrack, pop, show tunes, hip-hop and modern rock. Uh, okay. t- top song was Cerise by Ghost. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, mine was the... Uh, Sia, Miguel and Queen Latifah cover of Satisfied from the Hamilton mixtape. Of course. Of course. <laughs> sure. That's the only praise Sia will be getting on this podcast this week. Yeah, well, yeah. Or <laughs> in any podcast. Uh, <laughs> other songs I hadn't repeat. These were all songs I would have been learning. Aces High by Iron Maiden, Square Hammer by Ghost, Tears by Ghost, Two Minutes to Midnight by Iron Maiden. Yeah. All songs I was playing at some point on guitar. All five um, of mine... All five of mine from the Hamilton mixtape. Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. Uh, sure. Oh, uh, God. Oh, guess, it's asking me to guess my top podcast of the year, and I'm going to guess you're wrong about. Oh, where's, where's it saying that for you? What slides that on? It brings it up after your thing is. But yeah, I listened to 103 episodes for a total of 6,674 minutes. I spent three thirty-seven thousand five hundred and sixty-four minutes listening to the podcast this year, and the top five were All Killer No Filler, The Giant Bomb Cast, Red Handed, Waypoint Radio, and You're Wrong About. Uh, okay. Um. Oh, the artists most by my side this year were Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Sagan sure. Akinola and Eminem. Cool. So, I'll take that. Um, cool. And the top artists I listened to were Eminem, <laughs> Doctor Who, that'll be my big finish binge earlier in the year, uh, Sagan Akinola, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Ghost. So we've yeah. crossed the streams there. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds all right. Uh, which decade did I play the most? Uh, 1980s. Who was by my side? What? I don't know. What yeah, you mean. I didn't get. A, I didn't get a podcast one. I guess I must be listening to mine on Apple more than. Yeah, well, yeah, I exclusively listen to Spotify. Um, <laughs> for those just tuning in for the first time, hi. This is a podcast where yeah. two hosts are just going to look at the Spotify Wrapped for ten minutes. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Big Damn Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip stuff that's fit to fill your time till we all inevitably spiral into an early grave. Uh, my name is Chris. Go on, Bojo. Take it on live TV, Johnson. And my name is... Oh, who'd have thought that John Carpenter would be my number five most listened artist of the year? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I would. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody on the planet would have John Carpenter in their top five, it would be you. <laughs> to celebrate, I'm going to pour out this party pack of M&Ms. Oh, before. yeah. Give me that party pack of M&Ms. Oh, wait, wait, like wait, 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 wait. Are those just regular M&Ms? Yeah, I don't like peanut butter. What the fuck are you or doing? Or peanuts. <laughs> yeah, what, what about crispy? What about crispy M&M's? These are crispy enough. They've got a shell. No, uh, plain M&M's? Yeah. You vanilla fuck. No, um, chocolate. 
You're getting the thumbs down here. I hope you know that. Oh. That's fine. It means more of the filthy, dirty ones for you guys. Yeah, I'll stick to yeah, the plainies. Yeah, yeah. I'll stick to the plainies, boys and girls. Uh, what's coming up in this week's episode? We're going to be talking a little bit about Mando, chapter 13, uh, Doctor Who, and the uh, <laughs> podcast uh relevancy obliterating trailer that it released the night of our podcast yes yeah, about how there was no trailer fun Thanks, for all folks. cheers for that um your swines um what else are we going to talk about this week what's, what's ah, on your well, mind the, the beautiful f- boy probably the biggest news of, of the of well the last 24 hours really has been um elliot page active elliot page coming out as uh as a transgender man and yeah awesome cool uh it's really a really heartfelt post from him sort of explaining uh how he feels about everything and and how sort of uh he's going to be continuing to be you know very visible and, and active as an activist and also highlighting that it's a very uh the trans community particularly the uh the black and and Latin, Latinx, Latinx. Latinx. Yeah. Latinx. I, I, say I, Latinx. I only ever please see correct, it written. Please correct us if we're wrong, folks. In the I always see Let it written know. and never know how to say it. Um, the black and Latinx sort of uh, parts of that community, in particular, um, are subject to real hatred, and violence, like mm. mur- murders, even. Yeah. Um, so it's really awesome that he is. Um, you know, standing as as a sort of a, a, of a figurehead for uh, for those people, and I think helping helping to more legitimize transgender yeah. individuals and their lifestyles to the mainstream who may yet not have taken the time to engage and start conversations and learn. Oh, yeah, especially when the mainstream is being bombarded by people who are using their platform to mm. sort of denounce the existence of these people and. And delegitimize oh. him. Um, oh shit! Did you see that Graham Linehan returned to Twitter this week? No, pretending to, pretending to be a gay trans man. What? Yeah, who then outed himself to one of his critics as being him, and then of course people were like, right, well, bye then. What? Hi- he he con- confessed to buying a new SIM card just so he could get past the ban. <laughs> that man used to be. One of the most celebrated comedy writers in the United Kingdom He's... and Ireland. And now is known as a transphobe who's lost his kids, lost his wife, and lost his platform. Lost his marbles by the fucking sound of it. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, that's like... Imagine taking your platform and just using it to be hateful. What the fuck? Like, why? Imagine taking your entire career and just putting a torch to it. Yeah. Just putting a yeah. fucking match to it and saying, you know what? It can all burn. This is the hill I want to die on. It's like, all right, well, see ya. Meanwhile, Elliot Page using his platform yeah. to actually like um, spread awareness, educate, celebrate him his identity and his like you know is is it is it coming out or is it like coming to terms with yourself, I guess. Like he described it. As, to, he, he described co- it as coming out. Coming so, out, yeah. So it's it's um, it's a statement, and it's it's the internet wonderfully seemed to be like for the first time like ninety percent in the oh my god this is awesome amazing well, for you it, thank yeah, you so much like for doing this and we're here for you and we can't wait to see what you do next and this is amazing and it's yay. very much in the sort of. I, the, the, certainly, the circles we move in are very much a sort of echo chamber of, of, uh, of acceptance. But there is definitely a, a very positive reaction to this, mm. Um, mm. and I think it's it's interesting from a visibility standpoint, and it and sort of exciting to see someone who is has already had an incredibly successful career, to while you know very much still in the public eye and mm. and working do something as um sort of hugely affecting as uh, as coming out and transitioning because now you've got the idea of okay well how do you 
how do you respectfully refer to the body of work that Elliot mm. Page had sort of accrued pre-transition? Yeah. Um, I know Netflix have been out there saying that they're going to change all his credits. Uh, Good. That they can yeah, that's awesome. Because, yeah. of course, he's still going to be involved in the upcoming third season of Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, There's already been discussions because the character that he plays in that is female, yes? Yes. So the discussion has already been like, will the character transition? Like, are, are they going to become more uh, non-binary or gender fluid so that, you know, there's less of a less of a, a, a butting of heads in terms of like what would have to change or, or be tweaked. And that. Yeah. Because so, they don't want to lose Elliot in the role. No. So it's, no, no, no. It, it's maybe what you do is you make the character more gender ambiguous or, or you even transition the character and, and you keep them around. Yeah. Um, in that in that way, in which case then you're giving, um, you know, transgender individuals even more of a platform and a positive platform by being like, oh, look, a transgender character in a show that already has a giant following. Yeah representation yeah in fiction is yeah. you know also um, important um I've, I've seen i've seen points made a uh, friend of the show mr mr tardis trailby reviews um asked respectfully on twitter the other night about it saying when it comes to referring to the previous body of work what would people say is the correct way to do it and lots of wonderful people came forward and were just like hey great question um so <laughs> here's what i think you know members of the transgender community and, and, and allies alike were like Here's my take on it, but the general consensus seemed to be Elliot is Elliot because Elliot always was Elliot. That's the point. Yes. So whenever you're referring to Elliot, Elliot is he. You know, or, or they, if you're using just more of a common parlance he or they. to an individual. Um, it's only statement, his pronouns are, are he and they. So. so, so you know, that that is what that is now. The characters, if they were female characters... Of course, you would refer to the character as she, her. Yeah. You know, um, but not Elliot. And that's how you that's how you go forward. Uh, people will make mistakes. Um, folks who listen to this, I know we I know we have many listeners who, who are in the LGBTQ plus community. I know we have several listeners like I, who I've spoken to who are transgender. Um, have patience with people about this because this is like yeah. the first sort of big mainstream example of this that has been sort of taken note of by the world at large um have patience some people will get it wrong and not mean any ill by it um i would i would give um, give, give them a bit of time be encouraging yeah. um i know that's a tough thing to be like hey you've had to battle with all this shite for all your life or for like ever since you've transitioned um you know have patience with everyone else I know that might be a frustrating statement, but I don't mean it in like a just calm down. People figure. I just mean like be a little, hold everyone's hand a little, just for a bit. Yeah. Well, my they'll attitude. Make, they'll make mistakes, and they won't. They won't mean to make mistakes. My they'll attitude get it right, is, and yeah. With these things, has always been just sort of just like go forward in good faith, and then listen if you if someone corrects you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly, and that's the thing that the reciprocation of that um, of that relationship is. People who are going to make mistakes need to listen and yes. not be shitty about it. I, I, if you make a mistake, you go, oh, I'm really sorry. I meant that. And then you move on. Don't be a dick about it and listen to I, the, I, the transgender community when they educate you on this stuff. I came across a thread on, on Facebook uh, where someone was asking an apparently innocent question about what was going to happen with Elliot's character in Umbrella Academy, but consistently using the wrong pronouns. Yeah. Um, the best, the best combat to that I've seen on Twitter the last couple of days is people just correcting the tweet with just he, well, just putting he underneath to try and really enforce that. No, get, well, get the that problem in, is, that in your head is, it, is that this person, in response to everyone correcting them, would oh. just steamroll over it and be like, "I'm asking an honest question. I'm asking an, I'm not being hateful or ignorant. I'm just asking an honest question." And just they continue to use it. the wrong pronouns. Yeah. They, are, like, no, they are being You are using the wrong it. pronouns. Hmm. You, I, I, you don't. You either don't understand what you're doing, in which case you're stupid because people keep telling you, <laughs> or you are deliberately being obtuse about it. Yeah. Um, so those are the kind of interactions you want to kind of avoid. But as as I say, my attitude to these to these kind of things, um, to sort of learning how to negotiate uh, uh, people's um, choice of, of or people's not choice people's pronouns um, and 
people's gender identity and sort of recognizing that it's to just go forward in good faith and if someone corrects you then you know apologize and listen and yeah. and and go forward so that's the I mean, kind e- of e- equally if we if we in this discussion so far have misworded or mishandled yeah. a, a certain explanation let us know let us know that we have because you know we'd like we'd like to obviously get it right going forward and like i say have patience yeah. with people. Uh, I know that's a lot to ask after all the shit you put up with all the time anyway, but just yeah. give them a moment because this this might be the biggest pivot that will actually yeah. start to get people listening now. Oh, that's what I mean. And, and, I, I think this is a really intriguing and brave thing to do in such a public way because if you think about it, we've not really seen uh, such a forward-facing public figure transition like this. Mm, it's not I the mean, people. It's not the people who, uh, like, of course, uh, Caitlyn Jenner was probably the most high profile before yeah. this. But, but again, when it, when it comes to that, it's about audiences, specific yeah. fan bases, the muddied water of their their history with a bloody hit and run case. Well, yeah. and, but and also all these things. Like, where it's like, Caitlyn, you know, it, it was that weird message of this is a high profile person. We should absolutely like use this yeah. to celebrate and learn, but also. This person's got some really horrible like skeletons in their closet. Should well, of we course, really the, be holding the, them a lot? Whereas the Elliot is, there, has always been a, a, an activist, a proponent, yeah. a force for good, and very open and honest about their industry and, and but, the way they've been treated because of their sexuality and things like that. So Again, the biggest difference there, though, is that Caitlyn Jenner's transition came at a point where her sports career was already over. Yeah. And basically, she yeah. wasn't really a public figure anymore until the Keeping Up With The Kardashians brought her back to the forefront. Mm. And then after that, brought her back to the forefront, then she came out and transitioned. Um, whereas this is someone in the full flow of their career, in a very I mean, public-facing right, The reason we keep mentioning role. Umbrella Academy is because they're, they're out. Yeah. There's a whole new generation discovering their work right now because of Netflix and and engaging with them in an ongoing series. Yeah. So yeah, the she uh, sorry they my apologies are at the absolute top. Yeah. Like, every every eye is on what Elliot is about to do and is doing, and that is good. Yeah. Because it's gonna like we say, like showcase the transgender like life and the things they have to put up with and have to deal with in terms of scrutiny and prejudices. But right now the outlook on Elliot's announcement has been overwhelmingly positive. Just like a, yeah, tremendously yeah. positive reaction. As it should be. And, and, and uh, power to him. And I wish him all the best. And I hope this is, like I said, I hope this is the pivot towards like a more positive social climate yeah. for, for members of the trans community. Because Lord knows that they, they deserve a freaking break from yeah. the, like, the, the yeah. shit that's thrown at them all the time. Come so, on. And, uh, you know, as someone who's always been a, 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 fan, a fan of his work, it'd be really intriguing to see what, what uh, see what he does next and sort of what opportunities this... I think it'll be interesting mm. to see what opportunities this opens for him and very telling about the attitude of the industry as to what opportunities it closes off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something so to look I think, out for. I think we might see a bit of a uglier side to the industry and, and the sort of the myth of acceptance... Uh, or or the myth of not acceptance uh, as 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 may be, um, as we go forward. So, uh, yeah, brave, a really fucking brave thing to do when you're such a when you're such a a, a public facing figure. Um, so yeah, I, I, to sort of have that huge life change on the world stage in front of everyone. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's it's just a really it's a really thing. Did, did we just open the show with yeah. a really lovely story about we something just really cool? Opened the show with positivity. Uh, now let's talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 Grab your sweeties, everyone. Uh, <laughs> We're going in. Well, First off, I wanna I wanna uh, dig into a little email we got. Oh, um, our our good friend, good <laughs> BBC friend, Worldwide saying cease and desist. Yeah, stop. Our <laughs> our good friend who continues to put up with us. Uh, I have no idea why. Uh, Ian, 
um, Ian comes in and says, um, they're talking about Revolution of the Daleks. This is last week's podcast before the trailer came out. Uh, seemed to miss the first promotional pictures, which released, I think, October the 8th. And it's the, the doctor with the tally marks on the uh, on the wall of the prison cell. Apparently the doctor can't tally the mark properly mm. because she's got them in... It's, correct me if I'm wrong, but tally marks are one, two, three, four, and then cross for five. Yes. Fuck yeah. knows what she's doing there. Is she doing tents? Who what? knows? They're in like... It's like one, two, three... One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it's oh. eight vertical lines, and then she's crossing them. We're counting numerically. So she, but she's using rels. Oh, she's using. Oh, okay. So oh, because Daleks. Sure, 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 yeah, 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 strange, but hey, the Doctor's an alien. Like, sure, why not? Like, fine. Bit weird. Anyway, um, the pictures now seem prophetic as it's what we, as it's what we look like having gotten a handful of spoilers for series thirteen yet no actual info on the upcoming special. Again, this all came in before the trailer dropped, uh, and the release date announcement. Um, if this is how fans feel, how would the general public feel, especially as to them? This is the first return of the Daleks and Captain Jack Harkness in thirteen's era. Most of the marketing is also seeming to imply this. Uh, I think I'll just save my issues with why I'm disinterested for Big Damn Stream as this email's getting long enough. <laughs> so yeah, come and come and join Big Damn Stream because Ian's Ian's always there and he's always got lots to say. Um, I, I should watch the performance from my normal seat in box five, which will be kept empty for me. Should these commands be ignored, a disaster beyond your imagination will occur. <laughs> Fucking love it. I love it, of course. Wait, wait, you have box seating for when you're doing <laughs> your streams? It's, it's phantom. Um, or I remain, uh, gentlemen, your <laughs> obedient servant. <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> God, that got really fucking fantastic. nerdy toward the end. Love it. <sighs> I didn't realise until halfway through, so that's why I didn't do the voice. Um, <laughs> didn't sing it. Uh, so, um, so <laughs> fuck me. So yeah, of course, since that. I'm I'm sure we mentioned the promo pics as sort of like how disappointing the marketing had been, but yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, the the point is, it's yeah, there was a certain lack of hype, and then all of a sudden, since we, I mean, clearly we fixed it because it was in the wake oh, yeah. of our podcast that um the the release date was announced and the uh, and the trailer came out. Uh, um, so clearly <laughs> it was it was our clamoring for some hype. That actually got them to get off their ass and do something. Yeah, we, we um, got a we we got a a teaser graphic clip thing that was just the the logo and then uh, trailer twenty seventh of November. It's like twenty ninth. Oh, twenty ninth of November. It's like yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Sure. Okay. Sure. Are they doing that because of the backlash on the anniversary date, or probably are they doing it because that was always the plan? And I've seen arguments for both and. It's a crap it's plan, all speculation. though. If yeah. the twenty third is the sixty, what the sixty seventh anniversary of the show, fifty seven, fifty seven, fifty anniversary of the show. Matt Watson wishing his life away there, boys and yeah, girls. Yeah, and I just <laughs> then why wouldn't you then? Why wouldn't why would you release the trailer for the for the next episode on the 29th? Or at the very least, like it's just the twenty third's right there. At the very least, drop that teaser saying trailer coming December 1st. Do you know what I mean? Something like that yeah. where you're like, oh, we have a week to wait. Yeah. And then we get the trailer. I just thought um, it was a bit a bit crap, to be honest. Uh, the trailer, yeah. on the other hand, um, I mean... We've, we've not talked about this. Let's see what we both think. Revolution of the Daleks, what do you think? I think... I don't... I'm not particularly interested in... An episode of Doctor Who without the Doctor. Same. <laughs> Which it looks Same. like it's going to be. It looks like, oh, the Doctor's in prison. And Captain Jack, Graham, Yaz and Ryan have to take on the Daleks. Uh, I mean, admittedly, in a modern... looking sequence where Yaz is taking on a full-on tentacly squid Dalek oh, scuttling yeah. around like yeah, a yeah. green I'm loving, thing. I'm loving the idea of... Um, Chimnall really reinforcing of, it as two Dalek stories that 
no, the mutants, yeah. the scariest thing. I really, I'm really loving the the sort of the Dalek mutants getting out of the machines and moving around and being a threat on their own. That's that's mm. a neat thing. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I love a love a bit of creature feature. Um, <laughs> but then, but basically, it just looks like it's a modern update of Victory of the Daleks. Yeah, like oh, my, my first thought Minister's... was oh, we've seen it. We've seen yeah, this. The Prime Minister is using Daleks and, and evil marketing. of the Daleks. Yeah. Victory of the Daleks. We've seen like, this. Oh, these are new defense drones that are going to defend our, uh, going to uphold peace and uh, law and order. Mm-hmm. And you know, fake Donald Trump as played by Chris Noth is in it as well. Yeah. So, and it's just. Uh, Look, like... Wouldn't that character be less grown worthy? Had he not made a reference to Trump in Arachnids in the UK. Had they just left out the reference to Trump, I think it would have been a less sickly because we all would have just gone, oh, he's kind of like Trump. And yeah. that would have been the end of it. And then in the episode, they make a point of saying like, oh, you like Donald Trump? And he's like, how dare you compare me to him? And it's like, wait, what? But you are though. What? But you are though. Like, huh? I feel like it's that is the kind real. of thing that Donald Trump would say if you compared him to himself. Yeah, but it's also the fact that Trump, Trump, Trump got referenced, if I remember correctly, Trump got referenced in the Capaldi era. Probably. As well. And yeah. it's like, Lucy and I are doing this massive rewatch of the show. And as of this recording, we our next story is the Christmas invasion. Yeah. Um, we're saving it till after Christmas. We're going to wait till I get back from Leeds to carry on the marathon. Um, but within about a year and a half, we're going to be up to the tail end of the Capaldi era. And those references are going to make me vomit. And when we get to Arachnids, it's going to be like, why Why are you bringing him up? Let alone the Capaldi stories themselves. Yeah. Uh. Now, now, series 10 is great until the Monk trilogy starts. And then yeah, if you take like, the Monk, if you, just, if you just excise the Monk trilogy, series yeah. 10 is pretty good. Like, I'm blind, um, but don't tell anyone I'm blind. We're going to drag this out for three episodes. It just, it's just it's just complete fucking nonsense. But so, but so yeah, like, Revolution... I, yeah, I'm, I want to see. I want to see. I, I do like the new Dalek designs in motion. In like on Ooh. in motion, I'm not gonna lie. I like. I, I don't. I like the Tron lines. That's cool. I, I'm digging yeah. the Tron lines. The blue um, glow's nice. And I but, like. But, I like the sort of the slenderness of them. See um, that. That's why I think they're not gonna stick around. Because the one in the one in resolution, which these seem to be kind of based on, like an evolution of that design. Yeah. Um, the one in resolution was when they were on location, a CGI creation, so as not to spoil it. Yes. Um, when in sets and controlled location environments, it was an animatronic because of how yeah. tight it was. You couldn't fit a person in that to operate it. Yeah. Um, and these seem to be of a similar size. That's why I don't think they'd stick around because... It would be very expensive to have to maintain the animatronic and CGI versions constantly. Yeah. Whereas normally with these shows, the reason why we always see the same aliens coming back, if not in the main show, in the tie-ins and projects and, and marketing, things like that. And in the background. Once, they, once, like, yeah, in because once they've built these expensive costumes, they're going to reuse yeah, them again and again and again. That's why the Bronze Daleks are stuck around, not just because the design has been arguably... Alongside, I guess the the planet slash Genesis slash um, resurrection gray metal ones. Yeah, yeah. These are probably the most distinct and popular design of the Daleks ever. Uh, alongside that sort of you know gunmetal gray version from the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So they've stuck around for that reason, but also because they tried to redesign, it didn't resonate with everybody, so they shit canned it super quickly giving these ones an even longer life for them to completely go, nope, we're doing them all over again. These are the Daleks going forward. They'd have to do something where they can make a large group of them that they could use again and again. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to pay for a large group of animatronic Daleks. Um, no, you just put likely... children in them. <laughs> oh God. What? Like the, uh, like the quarks. Yeah. <laughs> Pouring around and falling over. Um, maybe so they, they actually maybe they're not redesigned Daleks. Maybe they're redesigned Quarks. What's really maybe weird that's about the twist? What's really weird about that is that they're not the only child actors in the Dominators. The other ones play the collars of the Dominators. <laughs> they're just like bunched on their shoulders, like <laughs> trying to keep them warm. 
you're filming in a quarry, you got to keep your actors warm. And how do you do that? You stuff children in the collars. God, those Dominator um, designs are so fucking weird. Man, the '60s, <laughs> the '60s were a hell of a drug. Um, <laughs> they're not, they're not the Chumleys, are they? Let's be honest. Oh, well, what is the Chumleys are better. Oh, um, I just, so I, I just want a friendly. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is a mechanoid. Um, <laughs> so, hey Matt, have you been watching Daleks on the Doctor Who YouTube channel? Have I? Fuck. Moving on. So, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if going forward, whatever the plot is, they retain maybe two of these ones. Yeah, that makes to use. sense. Yeah. Um, and then the Bronze Boys bulk out the numbers. Um, Bronze Boy. There are fan theories circulating that the reason why they look like the recon junk Dalek from last time we saw a Dalek in Resolution, and the reason why they're all glowy and blue inside and stuff, is because they're not Daleks. They are drones, and they're based on the uh, the design of of the reconnaissance Dalek based on the military footage of its of their um, tangle with the Dalek. And their Dalek mutants are gonna take them over. Or, or at least go, uh, yeah, no, sod that. We're yeah. the Daleks, more the truckers, because uh, presumably the reconnaissance one, it was sending out a signal to call in reinforcements yeah. and resolution. So it's possible those reinforcements have arrived. Um, we Isn't know it... that we know that the bronze Daleks are involved in this because of the infamous leaked photo from like a year ago of, oh, yeah, of bronze course. Daleks on a bridge. So who knows? I just, I agree with you. It just, I was like, it's victory of the Daleks. Yeah, I hope again. it's not Victory of the Daleks again. I hope there is a twist to it like that, where they are actually like reverse-engineered drones. But you know, you know who I'd like to see pop up in it who? more so, uh, more so than Trump, um, Mister Big guy. Um, I thought Lenny Henry's character was gonna rock up again. Yeah, I feel like they want to do something more with him. It would make sense for him to be involved in a technology-based plot because doesn't he just? disappear at the end of Spyfall, basically. Yeah, he legs it, and we never hear from him again. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a loose end, that. But hey, yeah. um, who, am I, who, am, who am I to say? Are you excited to see Captain Jack back? Yeah. yeah I like, the, yeah, I like the character I like the character a lot, but I'm more excited by finding out what their plan is for him than him being in it, if that yeah. makes any sense. Like, yeah. him showing up in Prisoner of the... Uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon. Sorry, confusing it with the Sarah Jane story, Prisoner of the Jadoon. Him showing up in Fugitive of the Jadoon was like, oh, cool! Where's this going? And then he's not in the finale, and you're like, huh. On reflection, that sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Like, why was he there? Other than to boost mid-series ratings. That was a very moffat. And get everyone watching in an episode where they then wanted everyone to go, oh my god, there's another Doctor? Yeah. Like, so I, I get it in the function of him being in mid-series. But like with Resolution to Series 11, Revolution looks like it's going to be the finale to Series 12. Like, this is... Yeah. Oh, you enjoyed Series 12 in the, in the, the winter, in the spring? Here's a final... You know, like the Christmas Invasion to Series 1. Here's a little end-of-year boom. Here's a feature-length treat. Do you think we might see um, the Fugitive Doctor, then? Not in this, but I I, I don't think that's done. Um, oh, I no, if Joe Martin's I mean, not my, back next I, season, I, that'd be... That'd be oh, no, no, don't bring, Joe, don't bring Joe Martin back next series. Have Jodie's Doctor's final story in a couple series' time involve her having to completely wipe, like her memory for the involvement in this, that, and the other to keep people safe or whatever, this, that, and the other, regenerate, regenerate into the Joe Martin incarnation. Mm. And then we pick up after the events of Fugitive of the Jadoon. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want. I don't I don't want any, here's a big explanation of why this happened and this, that, it's like, no, we just know that like she had to be on the lam and she did. And then we pick up after Fugitive of the Jadoon. So we don't have a post-regeneration Martin story in a traditional sense. I'd rather that. Because okay. I don't want her to take focus away from Jodie completely if she's going to be the next incarnation, which I would like. Yeah, I'd So like I'd love Joe Martin to be the next Doctor. She'd be freaking brilliant. We've already seen how great she is in the role. It's like, give her at least one full series oh, of the please. Doctor, please. Please do. Mm. Um, oh my God, yes. So how, I, I don't how... know. The, the prison cell was very cabin in the woods, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you spot the pating? <laughs> See, the pating is <laughs> that 
it's very small. So to spot such a small ting when there's so much going on on screen, it's it's a difficult ting. There's a lot of Easter eggs in that cage shot. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a weeping angel. There is uh, what looks like the big fuzzy weed thing from Fury from the Deep. The nah. seaweed, the seaweed uh, like creatures. Brilliant. Um, it's like, have they just gone? Yeah, sod it. Is this <laughs> like, shadow? What, what can we? <laughs> well, it look it looked like it, it at the end of um, uh, the end of uh, Ascension of the Cybermen or whatever it's called. Yeah, because like, it's it, in, it, it's built into like an, a planetoid. Yeah. Yeah. And that like sure why not like why the hell not there's a prison a time old prison out there floating around with no prisoner in it anymore Jadoon find it sure turn it into a penal colony sure why not happy um, um and I then just... Sharda makes its actual first proper canonical appearance in the TV show yay <laughs> like there it is yay thus thus legitimizing all 70 adaptations of it <laughs> Um, which one's the right one? All of them. Um, also, right <laughs> in the multiverse, they're all relevant. There was a Dalek. In, there was two Dalek invasions in the mid two thousands. Why does yes. anyone remember them? Yeah, we have the Dalek. We had four Daleks uh, show up um, in series two. Army we had Ghost several Daleks show up because they opened the. Oh arc. yeah, because they started shooting out of the the Genesis yeah. arc. Didn't they? You're right. And then um, we had uh, a Dalek invasion of Earth in Stolen Earth uh, slash Journey's End. End. Now, putting on his nerd hat. Okay. Uh, All right. In series five, we learn in Victory of the Daleks and then in um, Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone that certain big events in Earth's history seem to be forgotten. In Victory of the Daleks, he's weirded out that Amy doesn't oh, yeah, recognize Amy a doesn't... Dalek. Yeah, of course. Like, they invaded your world, like, a year ago. How do you not recognize them? And he's like, okay, that's weird. And then they move on. And in Flesh and, Flesh and Stone and stuff, he's doing the whole thing. Like, like of course, it, like, these, these cracks, whatever's leaking out, whatever's going on with the universe, it's erasing things. A gi- and Amy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, a giant Cyberman as tall as a skyscraper in Victorian London, and no one remembers. So, Series 5 explained away alien invasions. Yeah. Uh, to a point. Um, now, it's never cleared up after that if the end of Series 5 and the Big Bang 2 and all that stuff resets Earth's history or continuity. I mean, it seems to, considering Amy's parents are now just suddenly there. You're my tiny yeah. dad! Oh, isn't that cute? I wonder if they're ever going to... Nope. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so so... There is that. It's very much a they're in trouble if they stick to that. They're in trouble if they don't stick to that kind of thing. I think we should just go back to our usual refrain of, it's a show about time travel continuity doesn't exist. A throwaway (laughs) line, yeah, a throwaway line in in the episode could very easily clear it up for all we know. They might just sort of go like, you know, do people not recognise them? It's like, why would they? It's like, oh, of course, yeah. Something. What? Nothing. That's all it would take. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. But my thought after that was, unit exist. They've dealt yeah. with... Oh, wait. No, they don't. Yeah. We found out in Resolution that due to Brexit... They've been, yeah. They've been defunded. So you've probably got a oh, unit personnel God. trying to get in touch with the government going, excuse me, um... Uh, right, so we have a like. There was this house, and there was a bunch of these on the grounds, and we've got a thing. No, no one, nothing. Okay then. So, yeah, like, yeah. sure, whatever. But I think I think you you got it perfectly right. It's a TV show about time travel, and there'll be kids watching the show right now who've never remember. seen series yeah. four of they the modern remember. series. So, eh. Like it was, it was a decade ago at this point. Different eras, isn't it? If we can live with unit existing apparently in the seventies, but also the eighties, yeah, we can deal with humanity in twenty twenty one, not having a clue what Daleks are. There is no continuity is fluid at best in mm. a show whose central conceit is time travel. 
and an interdimensional travel, like travel between all scenes. So fuck it, who cares? Um, it's been about television shows <laughs> and continuity. Uh, Mando. Yeah, Mando, the Mando, episode. Mando, Mando. The latest episode, Fortnite season five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the dead speak. Um, chapter thirteen. Have Have you Have you seen the the Fortnite announcement? No. Um. So the Galactus event has apparently finished. Oh, cool. Which I'm a little sad about. I'm a I'm a very casual Fortnite player, but I I enjoy the Marvel landmarks hidden all over the island, and now they're going to be buggering off. So no more Sentinel graveyard in the middle. No more. Pim particle enlarged doghouse in the middle of a field. Like did, all that stuff's gonna go away now. Did Galactus eat the Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> if if any any takeout takes a Fortnite or or more to deliver, then uh, I'd put a complaint in. Um, but the new series involves a nexus of realities. Blah 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 blah. So someone has pulled um, hunters and trackers from different dimensions to help find the missing shards of this thing because they'll be the most ruthless and the best to find it. And included in this lineup of pretty much all original characters is the Mandalorian. Ah. Um, who you can compile as a... Because it's costume items that create yeah. him. You can compile him by finding Beskar throughout the island. Sure. Uh, Beskar metals. Um, the child is in the trailer. No news yet as to whether the child is an accessory, part of an emote, or a thing that will just follow you around graphically on screen in a that little I would cop. like. I'd like that. It would be cute, but um, sure. So that was our Mandalorian review this week, uh, everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, there was also this little thing called no. Chapter 13. Uh, the, the Jedi. Or, or Chapter 13, The Backstory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, spoilers agog for the Mandalorian episode, got... series two, episode five. Brace your eyes. Brace your holes. Um, it was a fucking info dump. It was. A good but, one. A really it, good yeah, one. It, ne it never felt like it was just reading a Wikipedia, or Wikipedia article. Yeah. It always felt like... it felt Mid-season, there's always a slump, traditionally. So writers and showrunners have to find a way to make the mid-series be something worth tuning in for. Which I think in is easier case, with a show like this where it's a travelogue, hmm. basically. Well, in this case, we um, we finally figured out that the show has a format that they ain't fucking budging from. Nope. Um, I wonder if that's going to make it um, be uh, have diminished returns as it goes on if they stick to it. I'm a little worried about that. Like, I don't mind the idea of Stranger shows up to a new place and deals with Thing. But the plot now seems to be Stranger shows up to a place to get Thing People won't give him thing unless he do thing for them. Then they don't give him thing and I he mean, leaves. Yeah. That's getting a bit frustrating now. Like, give him some... Episode one this series was the only one where he got something out of it. <laughs> I and don't know. Just, and that was just Boba Fett's helmet. He got a nice shiny Beskar <laughs> spear in this one. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't even want it. <laughs> That's not what he wanted. He wanted to palm the child off on someone else. Um, let's I'm sorry, talk about... I'm sorry, who? Well... Let's talk. Well, we'll get to that. Let's let's talk about Ahsoka Tano, yeah. not Rosario Dawson. Um, <laughs> the actress playing Ahsoka Tano did a pretty decent job, but it did make me wonder the whole time: why didn't you just use Ashley Wasserface who plays her in the animation? There's series? only a couple of years between them, so age-wise, it's she's not also that. an actor, and yeah. like it's heavy makeup and stunt work. Like it would have been doable. It, especially when you've had Katie Sackoff in as Bo Katan, it's like it is odd. Why not? I could understand it. I could understand because usually um, characters are played by voice actors of all ages. That's part of the beauty of the profession. You're not necessarily going to have Tara Strong play Harley Quinn in anything unless you're doing a story where Harley Quinn is in her like you know mid forties because Tara Strong is in her mid to late forties. She's not you know um, super young Harley Quinn. Mm. So, yeah, there's a bit of disconnect there when it comes to live-action portrayals. Um, you're not going to have Nolan North playing Nathan Drake in something. Nolan North looks much older than Nathan Drake. That, that's just how it is. Like He's, you know, he's not a freaking old man, but he is Uncle Noly. So <laughs> you got to go with that stuff. Whereas uh, I've got I've to find a full name because I'm going to be so annoyed at myself. Who plays Ahsoka? Ashley Eckstein. 
Ashley Epstein. Oh, there we go. Boom. Thank you. So Ashley is, like you said, what, a couple of years younger than Rosario Dawson? Yeah. Yeah. And is an actor, primarily voice actor, but is an actor. The part is makeup heavy. It's in one studio. Rosario Dawson was not doing those backflips and stuff. Like, that is no. a stunt performer. I think also, if you. The, the, the thing with, like, from just a aesthetics point of view, Ashley Eckstein doesn't look like Ahsoka. But neither does Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson's not bright orange with, like, twin, no, like but- tentacles coming out of her head. And, like, wh- what says that Ahsoka Tano in this has to look exactly like she did in rebels yeah, but in terms of like which, which design- is which is what her, which is what her design seemed to be mostly based off of her most recent canonical appearance because like not counting the Ahsoka, voice in uh, rise of skywalker ahsoka has much sharper facial features whereas uh ashley Eckstein has a much uh, rounder and softer face but younger ahsoka had a rounder and softer face Mm, you know, the clone was kind of like sort of angular cheekbones and stuff. There's not just like the stylist, the art style. That's oh no, also no, like I know, the I know design. What you mean. But I, I think, I think my main get is like having Rosario Dawson play Ahsoka didn't necessarily add anything to Ahsoka. No, I understand what because, you're saying. I'm just because I'm, the, I'm because the to... draw was just like, oh shit, this is Ahsoka Tano in live action. Like that was the draw. I'm sort of just it... trying to work out why they did it as well. So. Uh, cheek shaming is what you're saying. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, For those who are wondering who the fuck Ahsoka Tano is, who you're listening to this because they don't care about spoilers, uh, Ahsoka is Anakin's apprentice from the Clone Wars animated series. Um, his disappointed former apprentice and friend when they clash briefly in Rebels. Yeah, she's instrumental in bringing the Rebel Alliance together as well. She's, yeah, uh, she's, she's one, uh, of the... one of the one of the few Jedi who survived Order sixty six. Yeah. Um, she's an icon to Saturday morning cartoon lovers of the previous 15 years who grew up with Clone Wars, um, and, and, uh, then subsequently Rebels. She's yep. like one of them, one of the only prominent female Jedi in either canon, the original or the new one, um, that the series actually goes, yay, Ahsoka, woo, let's celebrate this character. Yes, but um, like so it, she, she's one of those things where when they said, Disney taking over, we're changing the canon and simplifying it outside of the movies. People were so relieved to find out that, oh no, Clone Wars still counts. It was like, yeah. oh, thank God. Thank God, because losing Ahsoka would have sucked. Um, there are people out there who are like, where the fuck is Mara Jade? Why is Mara Jade not a thing that exists anymore? Etc. Um, <laughs> Mara Jade doesn't exist because she was basically Luke Skywalker's fantasy of his cool space girlfriend. Yeah. True. Like, she's but, just... but in that, wasn't she everyone's fantasy of a cool space girlfriend? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Can she show up at some point and just be her own character in the new canon? Listen, nice. I don't miss Legends. I'm just going to say it. I don't miss it. I why? don't miss because, it. Why? Because Legends confirm that uh, Han Solo and Han Solo actually dies... Uh, in a time tunnel crash where he crashes in a forest and dies. And no. then Indiana Jones discovers the Falcon as underground as though it's a temple like a couple hundred years later. That wasn't canon even and, in Legends. And Chewie is Bigfoot. That was like a Star Wars Infinity short. I know, but it was also a pretty fucking weird cool it's bit. It's great. Of, oh, fuck it's it. Great. We're just going to tell this yeah. story. What? No, we we, in, we in, have the comics rights to Lucasfilm, so technically we could also put Indiana Jones in this story. Done in Legends, <laughs> just so, just so we can cash in on that bit in Raiders where you can see R two D two and C three PO in the hieroglyphs. Listen, in, is is this is this the Lucasfilm equivalent of that alien skull showing up in Predator two? Yes, and we're turning it into a thing. In in Legends, Chewbacca was crushed by a moon. Um, yeah, so there he was saving people though. He was saving people. He was being a good egg. He was crushed. A good egg cracked by a moon. Um, <laughs> an egg-shaped moon. Uh, I don't the, know what shape it was. It was probably moon-shaped. Or maybe form- space station-shaped. That's no space station. That's a moon. Um, the former great movie ride in Walt Disney um, World in Florida had a Raiders like diorama that you rode through. And accurately, amongst the hieroglyphs were the 3PO and R2 ones. Which always made me very happy that even they were like, 
course we're going to fucking put these in the right. Yeah, that's... Of course we are. We're not going to put them in an obvious spot. But for people who spot them, they're going to feel pretty damn clever, pretty damn like chuffed with themselves for noticing. Well done, folks. Maybe one day they'll bring it up on a podcast after the ride is gone. Yes. Long, long ago. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Mando finally tracks down Ahsoka. Uh, she is going up against a corrupt um, magistrate. Former, um, yeah, is she former Imperial? I think the implication is she yes. either was she either was an imperial officer or she was a no she wasn't imperial officer she was um she she she, she, she negotiated with yards. them and yeah yeah she was a supplier yeah um, she was somebody who was like profiting off of the empire and completely fine with it yeah like, yeah sure uh, so she get my way <laughs> so Ahsoka's uh, going after her this magistrate sort of taken a town as hostage on this planet. She basically, uh, Morgan Elsbeth is the character. She strip mines planets for resources and just leaves them husks with their former self. It's not as sexy as it sounds. No. Um, and she's followed around by everyone's second favourite bean. Yes. Well, I <laughs> didn't recognise at first. Me too. Like, I spent the first hour, like hour, I spent the first half hour going, I know who that is, but I can't quite tell right now. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I think it's the hairline and the darker hair. But also, you don't. His hairline's get a... more receded, and his hair's darker. And I then, fe- like toward the end, I was like, "Oh God, it's Hicks! It's freaking yeah. Hicks!" <laughs> um, great inclusion. Yeah. Really fun inclusion. The right hand yeah. man of the bad guy. He basically gets to be the, the the sort of the henchman of the week. Um, and a good henchman of the week as well. Um, backed up by some creepy ass uh, droid guards as well. Uh, they hate their HK series. So yeah. uh, f- again, for old older Star Wars fans, HK forty seven was an assassin droid in the United Steel Republic games, mm-hmm. and these are HK eighty four units. All I know is any droid that scuttles up onto rooftops is fucking terrifying. Just the way it kind of like hopped itself up and then pulled its limbs up onto the thing. It was like, Ugh. were they? Ugh. Ugh. Were they HK fours? Because if they are, that's gonna make me smile. Because, <laughs> um, nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd <laughs> alert! Um, Matt's ready I'm for gone. some happy robot news. He's I'm wearing gone. his Autobots T-shirt right now. He's, I am. I'm always ready it. for a happy robot news i think they were hk84 units because yeah what year did the terminator come out 84 that's oh god that's good and this is one of those teams where you would not put it past them that being a completely oh yeah completely intentional decision i think they were um but i could be wrong about that please correct me if i'm wrong um so good so good are so good. Yeah. Um, cracking fight scenes. And then yeah. Mando rocks up and he's like, I want to fight a Jedi. And Magistrate thing, he's like, all right, go kill the Jedi and I'll give you this Beskar spear, you bitch. And he's like, all right, where's the Jedi? She's over there. Great. Hi, Jedi. Ah, but he doesn't yeah. say all right. Oh, he goes, because he, a bit. He, he never <laughs> agrees to kill her. That's true. And he goes out there and he's like, Hi, I've been looking for you. I've been told to kill you, but I'm not going to. Uh, so I've got this little green thing. I've got this boy. Who spent uh. most of the episode, now that his cot's been destroyed for a couple of weeks, spent most of the episode just in a sack around yeah. Mando's shoulder, just like sat at his hip, a little hiding, a little, hiding in his cloak. A little hippopoose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. a hippopoosimus. Um, and yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, they were God, HK-87 droids, not HK-47s. Ah, oh, I wish they were HK-84s. Sorry, just to fact check. No, it's off, fine. Off, it's it's okay. I mean, just, we'll, um, all just ju- we'll all just quietly judge you now for the rest of the, um, rest of the episode. I'm so sorry um, I made that mistake. But, um, uh, <laughs> but then, um, yeah, he's like, look, I've been looking for you because I got this child and I think it's one of you because I keep being told to take it back to the Jedi. So Ahsoka sits down and stares at the little puppet for a bit. And then is like, right, so yeah, uh, he was trained or was training as a Jedi. Uh, he was going to be trained. He was, he was, they don't say the word probably because they don't want to make people go, nah. but younglings. It was a youngling. 
it was it was in it was left in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. So it was it was there in the location we're familiar with in the prequels. Meaning Yoda probably crossed paths with this thing at some point. Yeah. Yoda gets his first name check in this episode as well. Um because she's like, Yeah, I've seen I've only ever seen one of its kind before, Jedi Master Yoda. Um and yeah. It was a Jedi. It was going to be trained to be a Jedi. It started its training because it's got, as we learned last week, it's got a high M count. Because uh, we can't get rid of that now. That's just what it is. Um, so yeah, she's like, I could train it, but he's been hiding his powers because he's repressing them has kept it alive and safe yep. and undiscovered. Uh, but it only seems to respond to you. So... I'm not going to take it in because it has attachments and I've seen what happens when a powerful Jedi is yeah. misled by its loyalty and its its attachments to others. Cause it, and it's they, like, it, yeah, she's referencing her daddy. master. Yeah, yeah, effectively that's what it is because the, yeah. the, 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 the ball bearing from the, the, the shuttle lever comes back into play this week and plays the a big shift role. A knob. Shift a knob. Give me the knob. Oh, well. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that it opened with just an adorable sequence? Where the child was in a little like crevice of the engines, putting these wires in, and the Mando was trying to just clearly as possible explain, "Don't touch the red wire to the blue." <laughs> just like it was like two and a half minutes, and I was just like, there "Going, this could be the whole forty-five minutes." That wasn't this I'd episode, it. was it? That was last episode. No, it was, it was this one, was it? Because it was um. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, when it was when, it, when the ship was busted. Yes, that's true. Yeah, what was this one? Oh, this one was him on the console, and he was like, "Get right, get seated." No, come the, the, this on. And he looked, episode he looked opened. So miffed, he was like, hmm. "Oh, this no, after the Soka had... bit." I mean, yeah, yeah, the cold yeah. opened with the Soka, um, with two twin bloody white lightsabers from Rebels flying yeah. around in the in the mists. Um, Ahsoka communicates with the child because I guess they can talk in their heads, and we learn what its name is. Um, I'll be honest. It didn't sit right with me at first, but in time, I think we'll all be able to accept the name Guy Fieri Jr. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I it, I mean, it the fact that it's referencing something it's very clearly not in the universe. <laughs> to send you to Flavortown. <laughs> in the next series, he's going to get frosted tips and put gel in them to spike now them up nice that. and high. That I would watch. <laughs> that is a that is a um, baby Yoda I want to see. Grogu, little Grogu, Grogu, and that was freaking adorable. She's like, Grogu does this at the other, and he goes, Grogu, <laughs> and the child just like just <laughs> and just looks up at him in a way he's never sort of looked before, like sort of yeah. <laughs> and it's so well done by the puppeteers and the direction. The Dave the, the Filoni directed in this, one, this episode it? in particular is because he's such a central part of. Uh, of the episode is just top notch. Oh, it's beautiful. It because you've, because you've got to have yeah. those whole interactions because it's the interaction he has with Ahsoka when he hears, he hears Mando say his name for the first time and then again when Mando's trying to get him to move the ball. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. And sort of interact so with him in that way. It's just... There's just some really top notch puppeteering in this. And, <sighs> so sweet. Uh, it just... It's like the that puppeteering team is basically another... You know another principal cast member. It's like if you look at the, the the this show, one of the one of the really interesting things about it is the two principal characters of Mando and Grogu are, are both a, a, fa- a faceless uh, lead who's, yes. who whose expressions we never see, um, whose entire character is acted out through just tilts of the head well, or no, gestures of the arms. The, the interesting thing about them though is not is not that it's that they're both performances that are made as team efforts yes because there's yes. three because there's i was gonna say because we don't have any human eyes to look at at all with our two central leads but you're absolutely right yeah. it's they are leads uh that they're megazords yeah a team of people make them move because there's three people in the mando suit including pedro pascal who does the voice some of the work <laughs> um i think he does a lot more work in it this season because a big part of the reason he wasn't in the suit <laughs> Un- a lot in the Union first season. Union rights and equity. They say if you don't show up for at least five days, then they, uh, they can dock your pay by half. I, oh, shit. I believe, <laughs> Bring me the talcum powder. 
I believe the main reason he wasn't in the suit uh, quite a lot on season one was because <laughs> he had scheduling conflicts. But he really, yeah. really wanted to do the show. Mm. So... What, they, what would the conflicts it. have been with? It, I guess it would have been with the the upcoming Robert Rodriguez kids film, the Netflix film. No, maybe he was doing a bunch because he was doing Wonder Woman eighty four as well. The, the, the back, like the back, the back door Shark Boy and Lava yes. Girl sequel. He was doing all <clears> sorts. <throat> of, he was doing all sorts of shit. Um, he's he's in demand at the moment. Um, so I believe he's yeah, I believe he's in the suit a lot more this season, but I couldn't <laughs> say. Uh, who who knows? Unless you're actually on the set, we won't, who we won't know knows? till the gallery series two how much of the series was yeah. made during initial lockdown. But yeah. um, I imagine it, I imagine at least a few weeks worth of work were done during the first lockdown in LA but, in the summer. But of course, I mean that's the that's the the sort of joy of the performance and it being a, a composite performance of multiple people. Uh, and then on the of course on the Grogu side, it's it's the team of puppeteers and and the CG artists who tweak it and, and all that kind of thing. Um, is that you can't tell who's in the suit? No, because no. they all work together to make it consistent, and that's that's what's that's what's really uh, impressive about it. Um, so I I think that that sort of, but yeah, it's like you say that there's no face. On the in the for the main protagonist and the the his sort of sidekick slash son is is a puppet, yeah. Uh, and yet they're so <laughs> sorry, emotive. Sorry, what was that, Brian Connolly? Could you oh, just no, confirm? no, I'm not doing a Brian Connolly. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not doing it. Only nineties uh, kids will remember. You can hear it in your head. I know you can. Mm, um, mm. and if you don't, it doesn't matter, does it? Uh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Welcome back to Big Damn Brand Connolly cast yeah. uh, this week. So yeah, I, I think... I, this... We're going to talk about how he weirdly looks like Bradley Walsh. Yes. Have you ever seen... Because there was that running thing for years. Have you ever seen the two of them in a room together and then like four or five years ago they took a photo together? To be like, <laughs> See? <laughs> we're separate people. Alright, okay. We believe you. For now. For um, now. So yeah, I think the season <laughs> of the band has really been going from strength to strength. And uh, this epi- this episode kind of takes the sort of space western flair and brings it back to the the roots of of Star Wars as a whole by giving it a sort of samurai flavor, which mm. which harkens back to you know the uh, the original Star Wars roots in things like Hidden Fortress and Seven Samurai and all that kind of thing. Um, and the uh, the sort of casting. Uh, Ahsoka is this sort of Ronin character, sort yeah. of a, a wandering, traveling in the universe, righting wrongs where she yeah. can. Which it, it, again is in contrast to Mando as that character, but the sort of Western archetype version, um, righting so... wrongs to get a payday, yeah, or a favor, yeah, <laughs> but always doing the right thing because that's 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 who he is, um. So yeah, great, great action set pieces in this. Some really good, some really lovely world building and and some payoffs and teases for the fans. We got uh, the when we find out uh, who uh, Ahsoka's looking for info on from from Elspeth, yes. and it's um, Grand Thrawn, Admiral Thrawn. Because again, yeah. I haven't seen all of Rebels, so I only I'm only aware of this from from looking it up, but. Rebels apparently ends with Ahsoka and Sabine looking for Thrawn because Thrawn disappears with Ezra. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. this would imply that they're still looking for him. Yeah. Um, which again, yeah. and also Sabine's not around. That we know of. Um, but is... Sabine, of course, being a descendant of Mandalore. Yeah. And, and a Mandalorian. <laughs> also an ally of Bo-Katan. Yes, yeah. Because she gave Bo-Katan the Darksaber. Mm. Which has been taken by Moff Gideon. Yeah. So it, it oh, really shit. does sort of... <laughs> it, it's, it's tying into Rebels in some really interesting ways. and But also, I'm not sure that we're going to get the answers to a lot of those questions on this show. But it, no. it sort of 
Well, they've already been talking about maybe this was a backdoor pilot for an Ahsoka Tano featured spin-off series, to which yeah. I'm like, think carefully about that. Think yeah. carefully about who you cast in your lead roles when you go forward on that one, guys. Yeah. Because as good an actor as Rosario is, Rosario's got some horrid shit going on in her life that yeah. may not warrant being the lead of a, a Disney show. Um like, do we have to touch on the fact that Gina Carano is now someone that a lot of Mandalorian fans are going, do we have to see Cara Dune again? Uh, yeah. Do we really have to see Cara Dune again? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... So there is that. But it, is on that. the whole, it continues to be a great show, and I am overjoyed when I get to see it every Saturday morning, and saddened when I finish the episode that there's only, what, three more left to go? Yeah, God, yeah. Be over before Christmas. And then what are you going to watch on Christmas Day? Well, not Revolution of the Daleks, that's for sure. No, apparently not, yeah. No. <laughs> that's, that's for next year, boys and girls. But, um... I think they should have put it on at midnight. So it was... <laughs> so it really was late 2020, early 2021. That would yeah, have been oh, yeah. that, that, Why didn't they do that? Well, because have, of the BBC and their carrots! Have you seen the BBC schedule for 23rd Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? I've I've seen it going floating around, but I've not paid any attention to it because it, fuck the BBC. It, it looks like they asked an algorithm to come up with the ideal schedule. Oh, like, we're talking a shitload of DreamWorks movies and a few Disney Pixar's intercut with all of those animation animated specials that 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 like one animation british company does for them all the bleeding time um intercut with compilation shows of their panel shows themed mm. to christmas it's just like the only thing on any of the schedules i'm excited about is the ghost's christmas special that's the only thing i'm like yes give me I, that i will devour it it's been a long time since i've been excited about christmas programming uh so it just seems very odd to be like we've got moana we've got coco it's like oh great cool do you know what 90 percent of your audience have got disney, disney plus, plus. <laughs> they can watch it today <laughs> but you don't have but you don't have uh madagascar one and madagascar two don't don't want it thanks no, no don't thanks. want it no no cheers um don't need that in my life but what we do have oh it's another week ahead of us hey. for you to get in touch and let us know what you think about the stuff we've talked about today, stuff we should talk about in the future, and just, you know, how you stuff. do Check yeah. in. And you can do that by you emailing want M&M? us. Uh, let no. us know if you want an M&M. No, don't want an M&M. Email us on bigdamncontact at gmail.com and let us know if you want an M&M and what kind of M&M you, in fact, want. Um... Do people want M&Ms that can be installed nasally? Uh, you can also tweet us on at Big Damn Cast. Uh, don't forget to head over to twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream for our regular streams. And yeah, if you do find yourself with a little bit of pocket change and you want to throw us a little bit of a uh, little bit of dosh, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash Big Damn Cast. But all that said... We must now away from Slavia um, and leave for the week. So, you know, take care of yourselves. Uh, don't, don't, don't be Lawrence Fox. And, oh, God. yeah, bye. Bye. May the force be with Guy Fieri Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Grogu oh. forever.